Hello and welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast. I'm Louise O'Neill and I curate Teachers Inspire, which is organised and run by Dublin City University. We want to hear about the teacher who has made a difference in your life or in your child's life. So remember, you can nominate them now for an award at teachersinspire.ie. On the podcast, I talk to some of the amazing teachers and the people who nominated them. I also chat to other people who share their fascinating stories about teaching and teachers with me. As the curator of Teachers Inspire and as the host of this podcast, I have had the opportunity of speaking to so many inspiring people. And my guest for this episode is someone that I have really been looking forward to since I first read her memoir. And I'm just so delighted that she can join me today. Her book is called Poor and her name is Dr. Katrina O'Sullivan. And in Poor, she describes growing up in extreme poverty, the far reaching impact of childhood poverty and how her home was shaped by her parents' heroin addiction. Education and access to it is a very important part of her journey to where she is now. And Katrina is a psychologist and a senior lecturer in Maynooth University. In so many ways, there are parts of Poor that epitomise what we believe Teachers Inspire is all about, which is finding and celebrating the immensely positive role that teachers can play in our lives. But there is so much more to Poor too, and honestly, anyone who is listening today, I would highly recommend that you buy a copy because it is one of the best books that I've read this year. Um, But at the heart of Poor is a woman who is herself incredibly inspiring and I can see her already she's like oh god <laughs> but you are so welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast Katrina. Thanks Louise for having me. Of course. It's a, it's a privilege to be here. It's funny when you're described as being inspiring you know I just put a wash on and <laughs> got, got, got the kids up for school so yeah it doesn't feel always like I'm inspiring, but thank you. And I mean, and it's only two days after you won not one, <laughs> but two awards at the yes. Irish Book Awards for Poor. Yeah, that was so surreal. Like, um, I, I wanted to win a book award. I mean, I've won other awards for like my my work and I, Irish Tatler Award recently, but for the book, it means so much because you know yourself how much work goes into writing mm-hmm. a book, and I think whether it's fiction or memoir, it's, you feel really connected to the, the, the work. Mm. And so to have that recognized is just wonderful. Mm. It's, it's really special. Mm. Um, I mean, when I first read Poor, there was so much in it, I think, that really, I mean, that I found like really shocking, but I think it also really like shifted my perspective Um on so many things you know like I suppose mm. particularly around like addiction and class and, and, and poverty um, and education actually which I found really interesting and I think we'll come to that particularly with um, the access program um, but I suppose first of all I'd love to um, talk to you a little bit about you know there's sections in the book that I found really moving where you're talking about like you know experiences that you had in primary school um, with mm. two like I mean, just incredibly kind teachers in particular, and I'm going to miss Arkinson um, and Miss Hall. And I'd love to hear mm. you speak a little bit about what they, I suppose, they did for you at such a young age. I think uh, Miss Arkinson, um, there was two things, actually, because I do talk about the story of 
they they taught me how to wash myself basically mm. which was um that happened after a few months but uh miss arkinson was this so the first thing that she did was actually she pronounced my name correctly which really meant a lot because everyone called me catriona in england and she she was irish too and she called me katrina which was lovely um, but she actually always expected me to be able to achieve the same as everybody else. Mm. And what I mean by that is, is as a child, usually when you've come from poverty and trauma like I have, mm. school is really difficult. Um, being asked to sit down for six hours or an hour a day is really hard. Um, like you, you're full of anxiety and fear and all these thoughts and and uh, so I would have been like a naughty kid, you know, I would have looked like I was the kid that didn't want to do as they were told. But basically, I was already had a lot of trouble. And but Miss Arkinson, she actually didn't treat me any differently. And that manifested in like, she always asked me to do jobs. She always used to she used to pick me to do the messages. She'd say, Oh, Katrina, will you take this down the hall to whoever, Miss whoever? And I would like run out of school as soon as I got the chance to leave the classroom. I'd run out into the playground because we had a big climbing frame and she'd come and find me and bring me back in real nicely. But she never stopped asking me. Mm. And she always she always believed that I could be as as good as everybody else in the class and expected that of me. And I think when you have that consistently, sometimes we can have the tendency to kind of dumb things down or to change our methods for kids that don't necessarily present the same as everybody else. But she never did that. And when you have someone who consistently thinks that you can do and be something, it seeps in. Mm. And so that was the first thing. So she was consistent in her care for me, but also her expectation. But then also she, she, she taught me to wash. So unfortunately, um, school wasn't a nice place for me because I was smelly and I didn't wash and I'd wet my bed and I had knits. And so the kids didn't want to play with me either. Mm. And this one particular day, Miss um, Hall, the teacher, the teacher assistant and Miss and Arkinson, I remember them looking at each other and Miss Hall kind of took me into the little bathroom and she, she pulled out a fresh pair of underwear and she said, look, we're going to have this for you every day just I'm going to show you how to wash yourself and she took out a big towel and a flannel and while I was ashamed because I knew then my family was a bad family like there wasn't you know we weren't living like everybody else I also felt this care from this human being and that really meant something to me so like while the shame was there I also know that this person just really cared and that made so much difference to me that I was seen and that it was kind and that, um, so every day then I, when I went to school, I used to pop in and get a little bag and wash myself. And it was really empowering. Yeah. And actually, I think what I found striking about poor was, you know, you also mentioned, I suppose, teachers who hadn't been as kind to you. And I think it just really brought home when I was reading it, like the difference that a teacher can make in a child's life, because like it really impacted you. Um, I suppose that that contrast between a teacher who was really looking out for you and who was centering your well-being and who was taking care of you and then another teacher I suppose who acted in like I suppose a less than kind way and yeah. and I know that there was also a teacher in um, I think it was secondary school it was Mr Pickering um, mm. who I think sounded like he was quite <laughs> instrumental as well in like encouraging you um, with in literature and, and, and books if I'm if I'm yeah. rem remembering correctly. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I do a lot of talks now for teachers, particularly in deaf schools, but you're talking about the teacher that wasn't so nice. Mm. Um, One of the hard things that I found was the inconsistency across classrooms around the understanding of poverty that can happen in teaching. Mm. And so this particular teacher was very she didn't she was very mean to be fair like she wasn't she wasn't very kind and it it felt like she picked on me um now whether that was the case sometimes when you're a child if it can feel like that and it might not be true but there were definitely days where she would berate me for not having like a bag or a pencil Mm. or a jumper and and I I remember like thinking I didn't eat like how could I have a bag or a jumper yeah. and sometimes I think like you know we have rules and we have expectations and they're all wonderful but there are times when a child just needs to be considered their whole life needs to be considered and she didn't and so what was given to me in one room was actually taken away in another room and what I say to teachers particularly in deaf schools is we cannot afford to have teachers like that who work with vulnerable children it really, we really need to have those who are the most understanding and the most, the most aware of 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 the needs of children who are more diverse in schools where we know that's concentrated. But like in my case, and in lots of kids like me, there's no supplementing that year in school or that subject. A lot of the time, it can completely break a child mm-hmm. if they've got somebody who's not good, who doesn't care. And so, it's I think it's really important that we support teachers Mm. to be able to act in the way that's caring and it's this is not like some teachers I think worry that I have a negative view of teachers I actually don't like without the two teachers a few teachers in my life they changed my life forever yeah and I'm all and I've met the most wonderful teachers but I definitely think we need to consider that more yeah of course Mr Pickering was this you know, when you're a teenager, it's different in primary and secondary, as teachers know. So primary, oh, I think oh, everybody loved primary because yeah. you play a lot. Like even the teachers play when they're training, like in Freble. I didn't realize you literally go through school again. Why wouldn't you want to go to Freble? Like, because it's just, <laughs> you just play and they make paintings. So, but in secondary, when you've been a kid like me, like it's really hard to be good. Like I used to wake up in the morning and go, I am not going to tell that teacher to piss off today. I'm going to be good today. I'm going to be good. But there are other things inside of you that drive your behavior. And Mr. Pickering was this teacher, I think, who saw past the delinquent girl that I was. And actually, I read avidly and I kind of loved books always. And he saw that and he found a way to reach me. And he just gave me this unwavering belief in myself Mm. in terms of my capacity in English um yeah so he was he was really a a pivotal in the in changing my life I suppose can you remember any book in particular that he gave you does any yeah of mice and men okay so uh, to kill a mockingbird I think anything that had a bit of injustice in it yeah he definitely (laughs) or had had themes of diversity but I remember like I loved Shakespeare he really I remember actually clearly getting it like you know because the oldie worldy language was just I was like why it was really hard like intellectually to know what the hell they were saying but I just remember this experience in a, it, when we were doing Othello <laughs> oh I was just like I was 
awakened to something and it was amazing like I love that feeling you know of, of learning and, and growing but I, yeah Othello was really a really pivotal one as well and then The Merchant of Venice yeah so there was loads of great books yeah and do you think I mean I know that you know in the book you talk about like the Trinity um, access program and actually there's a part where which I think is really striking that you met someone from your community who was going there and that it had never even it hadn't even crossed your mind that this could be sort of a possibility for you um, and I suppose when you started at Trinity do you think that any of those memories of the teachers like do you think that that kind of I don't know do you think that influenced your decision to yeah to go to third level or to continue on you know what, there's a, there's a really important story around that. So Mr. Pickering did all this wonderful stuff to invest in me. And he actually, I had a baby at 16. I was homeless and I got a council flat. And he actually turned up at my door and he'd arranged for me to go back to school to do my English and my maths. Yeah. And, and, I, and I went back just a couple of mornings a week. Like he really went out of his way. But like I still failed, so I didn't pass my maths. I didn't get up for the exam, and then I went off on my merry, crazy way for a few years. And he would have, you know, he could have thought that he failed me. But like I think teachers, the really important message is what you do for a child lives on for them and their for their whole life. Mm. And so, when I was in the interview for the Trinity Access Program, I was reading in the interview. I was really nervous because you're in front of these. For me, I used to call them poshies, like, you know, middle-class people. Like, they don't dress like me, speak like me. I was really, you know, nervous. And I didn't think I was doing that well in the interview. But then they asked me about books. And all of a sudden, everything, and I feel emotional saying this, but everything he did for me came alive. I knew I was good at books, and I knew I knew this from him. So, like, that thing that he did for me at 15, at 23 – changed my life yeah so like I was able to talk about of mice and men the merchant of Venice Shylock all these wonderful things that he'd instilled in me back when I was 15 so like he he was definitely pivotal in the transformation of my of my life that knowledge that belief in myself he went to bat for me them things lasted forever yeah God, that I'm sorry. I'm feeling a bit emotional now as well. Mm. That's really moving. Um, and I suppose, like, obviously now you have a like you know senior role um, in education, and you spoke you know about um, you know going in and talking to teachers, and particularly in Desh school. So I suppose, like, do you think, well, like, what have you brought from your early life and your experience to that? And also, I'd love to hear you maybe talk a little bit about like what changes you think need to happen. Um, you know, in, in Ireland so that like young people from backgrounds similar to yours, that they can, they can get the opportunities that they deserve. So, yeah. So, you know, I teach now as well. So I really have had the other side of it where it's hard. Like yeah. being a teacher is hard, like being creative, you know, and trying to capture the imagination of a class and a room full of diverse people is, is difficult. Um, so there's a couple of things that I would change. I think some, I talked about this in the book. I think we have a very charitable way of looking at poverty and disadvantage. Mm. So like, I think we need to reframe that as in like, there's a lot of hidden gems. There's a lot of, you know, unearthed talent and skills that exist within communities like mine and where I come from that are just not given the opportunity to to demonstrate them skills and I think I'm a I'm a good op, I'm a good example of like 
like I'm a I'm a leader now in Manus on the I've got a massive grant I run a nationwide program oh, I needed to I needed extra to get here and I think that we we need to remember that this is not charity it's mm-hmm. about empowerment and human rights and skills mm-hmm. and that they're not broken people that need fixing they're actually talented people that need the opportunity to shine and that's like a, a mindset change I think that we need you know sometimes like even now I get people go oh god poor you know it's so sad for them when the reality is like I would prefer people to be angry for them mm-hmm. and be angry about the, the inequalities that exist rather than having a sad view. Mm. Um, and in terms of like just practical things, like this is not, I, you know, I'm not slagging off anyone who's in the system right now just to say that I work with amazing teachers across all areas in education. And I could name hundreds of them at this point. But I think that teacher education doesn't adequately prepare teachers for, for working with disadvantage. So there is no actual, so it's optional Everyone has to do a desk placement generally, especially in primary, but like an actual course into initial teacher education that's mandated, that covers topics that are really focused on education disadvantage, I think it needs to be included. Like, Louise, if you grew up in a privileged... I I, I mean, never forget, I met a teacher recently in a school. She She said, I went to a school where we used to stand up and say our prayers and everybody stood up and said their prayers. Nobody ever defied the teacher, she said. Mm. Nobody, right? And that was yeah. my experience. And she, then I went on a placement to a school in Ballymun. <laughs> like, and she, like, the shock to her yeah. was was tangible. And, like, yeah. I think when that happens to a teacher, if you haven't been adequately educated about why that's there, mm. you can go down one route, mm-hmm. which is these are really bad kids. Yeah or their families are bad, mm-hmm. rather than having it contextualized. So, uh, you know, I definitely think we need to be more stronger and have a consistent training around um, inequality and how that manifests. And I know some courses do, but it's optional and it's not it's not across the board. The other thing is, now this is controversial, is I would actually, well, it might not be controversial, I'd return to interviewing teachers for um, teaching. I would... I worry what the motivation is. I worry that um, that like the responsibility of educating somebody and what that can do to somebody's whole life mm. is not always evident to people who go into teaching. And that's not to say they're not doing it for good reasons, but like actually, you know, knowing that people know the responsibility. Mm. Like my kids spend more time, spent more time with their teacher than me in some, when I was working full time at times. So like, I want to make sure that that them teachers understand that responsibility and how, you know, that and care and that responsibility is the reason that they're doing it. I love that. And I will say, I think that any teacher who gets into it for the wrong reasons is probably going to have a rude awakening within a year of starting because it's definitely not a job for, the faint-hearted because as you said it no. is that like the, hu- the the huge amount of responsibility um uh that comes with it um well Katrina thank you so much um for talking to me today and I just want to say again congratulations on your two um Irish book awards which were just so incredibly well deserved and just to reiterate anyone listening who has not got a copy 
um, of poor, which I think is number one again uh, this week, is it? Yeah, yeah it's number yeah. one again. <laughs> 26 <laughs> um, weeks. I like, mean, it's, listen, 26 weeks in the top 10, uh, like, that, you know, just I'm telling you now, go out and buy it. You will not regret <laughs> it. Um, so congratulations, Katrina. And thank you so much um, for speaking with us today on the podcast. Thank you, Louise. Thank you. Now, remember, you can find out more about Teachers Inspire. You can nominate a teacher for the award and you can find links to other episodes of the podcast at teachersinspire.ie or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.